Hello, welcome to the High Hops Podcast with your host, Bradley Y. With me as always, Beer Guru, BB Ward. <laughs> this is part three in our series on IndieGraph. Part one, we spoke to Vessel and Optimism about online beer shops, independent shops and distributors. Part two, we spoke to Coffee and Beer and Indie Beer about the relationship between beer shops and breweries and also hype beers or the hype train. And now, in our third and final part, we're going to be speaking about the brewery Donzoko, their beer, Indigraft. We're going to also be speaking with... Jules Gray of Hop Hideout. Who was the sort of... The driving force, yes, I guess, behind this project. Last episode, we spoke about hype beers and how once something or still considered to be very intrinsic to going to your beer shop and getting that new hype beer and how because of everyone being forced to stay in and buy their beers online, hype beers are coming out quicker and quicker almost too quick that beer shops can't get them in and that's where this beer has sort of i guess answered that call for beer shops yeah it's one of the breweries that's kind of made a sole contribution Mm -hmm. to beer businesses independence yeah you can only buy this beer in a beer shop. you can't even buy it on don zoko's website exactly We're going to start by kicking things off, chatting with Jules about who she is, what she's done in the industry, and then we'll go into Don Zoko. But for now, here's part one of our Jules interview. What's your name and where did you come from? (laughs) (laughs) So my name's Jules Gray. And I'm um, based in Sheffield, and this is where my little beer shop is, which is called Hop Hideout. So that's been going for about, uh, coming up to seven years. So we started at the end of uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, so apart from just running the, the beer shop, I also uh, started a citywide beer celebration inspired by um obviously beer, similar things, beer weeks in the States and Norwich City of Ale. There was quite an early adopter over here in the UK. So Sheffield Beer Week, um, imaginatively titled. <laughs> and then I also, for uh, because obviously I'm just not doing enough, uh, decided to do a craft beer festival as well on top which is probably why I'm knackered all the time. Um, So that's, I think, Sheffield Beer Week started in 2015. March 2015 was the first one. And Indie Beer Feast, which is the craft beer festival sort of held at this beautiful old 1920s cinema Mm. in uh, the Abbeydale area of Sheffield, where just down the road from Abbeydale Brewery, actually, and where the old, the original Hop Hideout used to be um, along Abbeydale Road. Uh, So it's in this beautiful 1920s old cinema. And that started in 2018. That's what my notes say. 1920. (laughs) The years have flown past. So that's been three years. And it's sort of grown. It started as a a day celebration um, with maybe about 10 or 15 breweries. Mm. And then it's kind of grown to two days and sees about 1,500 people come through. And it happens literally three weeks before lockdown. <sighs> so up in Sheffield, we had no idea um, about the pandemic and COVID. Um, as a lot of people in the UK, I think it, we st- started to realise later in the day mm. than we you know, mm. probably should have done. But we've all realised this on reflection. And um, so the Craft Beer uh, Festival happened and then about a sort of the week uh, afterwards, Sheffield Beer starts to Beer Week launches, and all these events started going on. And about halfway through, I started having conversations with the um, Sheffield City Council mm. um, and their marketing team about uh, the pandemic, and we had to start pulling events. Mm. And then the week, so we started to cancel events towards the end of Sheffield Beer Week, and then about a week later, pubs were shut, mm. and it just was this 
crazy like for everybody time where we'd gone from a moment of you know peak celebration and being really proud of craft beer and in independence and and what was going on and to just every you know pubs being completely shut and no one knowing what was going to happen or where to go so it's just been a massive roller coaster mm. hasn't it yeah it's been mental it's yeah one minute yeah. you're in a festival <laughs> Yeah, uh, one minute we were going to our first festival. Oh, I know. This was going to be our year for festivals and it just didn't happen. <laughs> we were so excited. We, we didn't do Friends and Family, but we were going to do um, Hop City. Yeah. Uh, we oh, were yeah. looking forward yeah. to that. We were really, really looking forward to that. because we've only, Well, I say we haven't been to a festival. Um, Vessel does yeah. uh, beer festival down here. This the Last yeah. year was their second yeah. one. Uh, but it was like... You know, you always hear about the Manchester or the, you know, the, the up north festivals. The north kind the of. The northern festivals where it yeah. sort of started. Yeah, I mean, like Indie, indie Man, um, Independent Manchester Beer Convention yeah. for its full name. Obviously, it's inspired a lot of, I mean, it's inspired me and it's inspired a lot of people. Um, I mean, I, I was a big fan of camera beer festivals as well, to yeah. be honest. But, um, so... I um, see, um, you know, cask beer as craft beer um, for me personally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that kind of started my passion. Um, well, another wave, another wave of my passion, because my original passion was maybe like Belgian beers, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And um, but then it was like sort of going to camera beer festivals and then then like your independent events like Indie Man started to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, so it's been kind of interesting, different waves going on. I don't know what you two have sort of found about that in terms of your um, journeys and going to beer festivals and things like that. We're still quite baby, aren't we? We feel very baby. Yeah. For us, it was like kind of we we discovered Vessel and up to that point, you know, pubs pubs were just pubs. You know, we didn't really, you didn't know about like beer festivals. Beer yeah, festivals kind of happened. But you didn't, you didn't really think of it as, we didn't think it was this big culture. And then it was through, you know, f- finding out the community around Vessel and then discovering that, I, I think it, we decided to do the podcast. After I started working there. After you started working there. And then we sort of discovered how big this community yeah. was, I guess. And, and how now I'm far like out it is reading and, books and blogs mm, and <laughs> yeah. so listening to different podcasts. It's an that, obsession. Not that we thought like, oh, we're going to do a podcast and it'll be the most revolutionary thing ever. But we sort of, we found out that there, it, it extended beyond Vessel. Yeah. And it was huge. And the, there's many a conversation to be had. And I think, mm. yeah, it lends itself to podcast. Why, nicely. why you, obviously you've mentioned already about the amount of stuff you do and uh, you don't seem to stop by the sounds of it. Why have you, why, why are you, so, why are you so active in, in that community? Because I think everyone we've spoken to so far, uh, all, all the other, the other uh, shops, when we talk about this project, um, your name is brought up and everyone goes you know she's the one who's basically kind of it's basically uh, it wouldn't have happened without jules yeah yeah you know that they they just go oh we're just we're just here to sort of yeah we're we're here with the success but you know it's all down to you why are you so why are you so why do why are you so involved in this community what is what is it Oh, that's such a big question, isn't it? Mm. It's um, you're going to be asking me about life and everything. Didn't Douglas Adams do this talk about this in the Hitchhiker's Guide oh, yeah. to the Galaxy? Your answer can just be um, 42 if you want. <laughs> can it just be 42? You know what? I might actually be 42. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not joking. I've actually forgotten how old I am. I'm getting I'm to that point 40s. now. But I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, birthdays. Um, it, I mean, like, I suppose for you guys, you're, it's been a journey for me as well. So we're like, maybe sort of at different points in that but we've probably still got the same passions Mm -hmm. ultimately um I I'll admit music was my first love and my first passion Mm. but I've always liked a nice beer I have to say so even if I've been going searching for like live music or um vinyl and uh rooting through um racks of of records I would always be looking for like a pub or somewhere nearby that sold nice beer. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that sort of definition of like nice, flavorful, interesting beer um, has just kind of changed and grown and sort of morphed over the years, hasn't it? So mm-hmm. 
Like for me, I mentioned uh, that Belgian beer was a, a big eye opener for me. Like growing up in the northeast, you basically drank Newcastle brown ale, mm-hmm. um, Newcastle brown ale, and whether you liked it or not, because that's just kind of what you drank. Especially when I used to go to rock clubs, um, mm. and it was kind of the thing to drink. Uh, and like I've always liked beer. My mum's my a big beer drinker, so we always had like beer in the house um, of sorts. And uh, yeah, so when I went to when I went to university and then sort of finished, I ended up in Leeds. Mm-hmm. And completely coincidentally, I was at there at the time when North Bar opened. Mm-hmm. So after I used to work in a shop. So after we used to finish our shift, I would we would all head up to a few of the bars as well, but then invariably end up at North Bar. Mm. And like I remember drinking Orval for the first time and just being like and Shoof. Shoof was like one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just blown away. And you know what people then called continental lagers, which basically just meant something that wasn't brewed macro here in the uk Mm. that actually like was brewed with good quality ingredients (laughs) and had taste and flavor um and wheat beers and you know all that sort of thing really so and then when i moved to manchester in like the mid 2000s for for a job in music so i worked at a record shop which was like my dream i felt like that like well i still do to be honest that's like the pinnacle of my career (laughs) is uh, working at fat city records in manchester because it was just such a dream for me to be there Mm. and um at that time marble uh the you know marble had the marble arch Mm. and Again, it wasn't that I was going looking for beer. It's just that I liked nice, flavorful beer, and that's where you went. So we used to we used to go there after work, and and um, lots of other places as well, actually. Um, but you always had to like like good records. You always had to search for good beer. It wasn't necessarily you know on the doorstep or in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then. When I moved back to Leeds, I was kind of, I'd sort of realised that working in record shops wasn't going to, um, um, well, I was working on minimum wage and it was kind of, I I got to my late 20s and thought I should have a career, shouldn't I? I should do something. And um, I ended up in Leeds and uh, back in Leeds and um, I saw an advert in a paper, which seems odd to say now because people probably don't look for jobs in papers uh, <laughs> anymore, do they? Uh, it's all on uh, on the internet, isn't it? <laughs> um, and I saw that a brewery had a sales office in Leeds, mm-hmm. so it was it was a large brewery, what you may call a um, massive corporation. <laughs> um, but to me, it was like beer. Yeah. You know, it was I was like a job in beer like I'd always done bar jobs always done bar work since the age of like 18 and I just never thought really that there was this whole other world or career behind it you know behind just being a bar person Mm. you know and I think part of me kind of feels now looking back that you know we could do with telling people there's this whole industry and there's this whole, you know, you, there's there's a possibility of like a long-term career and beer if you love it. And um, so I went up for an interview at, at this um, at this job and I ended up working in the technical sales department, getting a job there. I actually went for a sales job, but they said that I wasn't very salesy and that I would be better in the technical support <laughs> oh. department. Okay. So, um, which, you know, I, at the time I was like, well, okay, but, you know, it's a job. I've got my foot in the door. I've got my foot in the door of the brewery. <laughs> Woo! And um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've had some, I had some ups and downs there, but I was there for a long time, so about seven years. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, I will say this, in, in, in quite a number of sectors and in the beer sector, it's very male-dominated. And uh, there are some quite, there are challenges when, you know, you don't fit that minority, that majority. Um, You know, there are challenges, you know, like the interview I went for when the guy said, we don't think you'll fit in the sales team. Well, why not? Mm. You know, I've, that's exactly what I've done for the last, you know, uh, 
you know, five to eight years of my life is, mm. is be successful selling um, things to, to people and building a relationship and everything. So, um, but you know what it's like. I mean, I don't know if you have ever experienced this. Sometimes you've got to prove people wrong, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So I did eventually get a job in the sales team <laughs> and um, I did eventually end up being like the best salesperson for the region. Mm-hmm. And our team ended up being voted uh, because obviously we created the revenue, uh, we won sales team of the year. So, you know, <laughs> I can sell stuff. <laughs> Boom. Uh, uh, but, you know, for me, it wasn't about that. It was about, I know my ability. Mm. And I just find sometimes that um, people often maybe just, you know, judge you I'm by the way that you look or, or how you dress or how you come across. Or it can be like a number of things, lots of things. And they maybe don't realize, uh, you know, the ability you have and you've got to show them sometimes. And um, so I ended up uh, like I really wanted to get into brewing. That was like my goal. I wanted to be a brewer, but Mm. I hadn't done science um, A level. Mm. And anyone that wants to get into brewing now, I say, if you're thinking about it, do even if you're not keen on sciences do think about doing either a science a level or some kind of food technology okay uh which you know i wish i had done now uh looking back i uh, think that will help you so i was like i really want to be be a brewer so i just kept applying for different jo- sideways jobs mm. because you know i wasn't apparently i wasn't management material um even though i was doing really good at my job you know, for some reason they were just like, you don't, you're not, you're not a manager. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, I ended up doing, uh, moving down to Burton upon Trent. This was probably around 2010, I mm-hmm. think. So yeah, 2010, I moved down to Burton upon Trent and I was doing sort of procurement and logistics. So sort of um, buying beers, wine, ciders, soft drinks that the brewery uh, didn't make themselves, Mm. but they wanted to buy in to sell to their direct stock customers. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the time they had about 10,000 direct stock customers with numerous depots around the country. So we would sort of work with other um, producers and would buy, uh, you know, beer, wine, cider, et cetera in uh, because essentially they want to get the full basket from uh, from the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would rather buy it and supply it than another supplier coming in. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like I've seen the beer industry from all sides, you yeah. know, from a huge company um, right through to where I am now in the independent sector. Mm. And um, I partly left after seven years because I kept getting, I was, I kept, I was kept, getting offered um they would say to me you know we will find you we will you know we do god how do I put this in words it was kind of like we do value you but we're not going to give you we're not going to let your career develop right is is basically how I felt Mm. yeah you'd hit the you'd hit the ceiling of what they were allowing you to do yeah yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, I just started to get really frustrated by that. Uh, initially, I guess I didn't see it mm. because I was like, you know, I believed I believed them. Mm. Um, but when I started to see other people around me, um, especially men, get opportunities, I'm sorry, but I was kind of like, I've, I did start to get frustrated. And um, you know what? At the, at the same time I was in Burton, the more I started more going to like camera beer festivals. So I was going to like the National Winter Ales Festival. Or, well, definitely the Derby Roundhouse had quite a few big camera events. And I was living in Birmingham at the, Birmingham at the time and I joined the local um, Birmingham camera branch because I didn't know anyone. And I thought, well, I like beer and, you know, that these people in this group like beer. So let's see what happens. So I'd started to help them um, organize their beer festivals as well. So back in either 2011, this might have been 2010, 2011, 2012, I did it for about two or three years. Mm -hmm. So I started to put on events at the Birmingham Camera Beer Festival, which used to be in um, Digbeth. So I was like putting on Brewster 
events. So Jane Patent, who does lots of great things at School of Booze. Uh, so I booked her to do a Brewster's beer event. Uh, we were doing um, a tasting. I think we might have done Sarah Hughes, Dark Ruby Mild for, for some reasons springs to mind. We'd sort of like done different styles of tasting, I guess. Um, Pete Brown came and did a book signing. Um, and, I, and I suppose from that, getting more involved and being accepted and being kind of supported and enabled to by people in beer saying, oh, yeah, if you want to go and organise that and we like that idea, just go and do it. Mm. Whereas in my day job, I was being told kind of the opposite. You know, we, we don't think you can do that and, you know, just do what we're telling you to do. Yeah. Um, so I guess I started to have this kind of diverging thing going on. And the more passionate I was getting about the independent sector, the I suppose the diminishing <laughs> the diminishing interest in being where I was was yeah. was kind of happening at the same time and um yeah it just got to a point lots of other things as well I'll be honest um that I just decided to uh to leave and to do my own thing um because I thought well you know like why can't I go and do my own thing and it Lots of things happened, but I went on a European beer bloggers conference, which they sadly don't go on anymore, but they were great. Mm. And um, I met uh, like Zach Avery, who uh, runs, well, Beer Ritz in, uh, and Beer Paradise in Leeds and mm. has been quite active in the, in the beer scene for a long time as well, uh, which is quite sad because coming back around, Beer Ritz announced um, one of the longest standing or longest standing beer shops, I think about 20 years, maybe mm. something like that. Mm. It closed its doors, its yeah. bricks and mortar shop. Yeah. So I still think he's got the wholesale beer paradise still going on. Um, and then to come full circle on this. So when I left to go to that first brewery job in 2007, um, the team from the office bought me a pack of beer from Beer Ritz that was mm -hmm. a shoof, like a big shoof oh, wow. tasting pack with the glass. Nice. Because yeah. I've obviously been banging on about beer. <laughs> so like so I come to now, you know, when I've I'm I'm like Zach's partially inspired me from from speaking to him at this conference saying, Yeah, go out and do it and a few other people and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Um you know, it's it's kind of a little bit sad to to be here and sort of see them hear them close their doors. Um, from being in the sector for like six and a half years, I, I can totally understand why. Um, I mean, it is tough, and you know, there's been a lot of shift to online. Um, obviously, the pandemic's really affected footfall. Mm. Um, I mean, there may be other reasons as well going on there. They're quite long hours, really, when you're doing a beer shop. Yeah. You know, you, you could be there for seven, eight, nine, you know, longer, longer hours a day. So, um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of challenges uh, in the sector. Um, but I'm still really, I feel the most fulfilled, like now than I, than I ever have been, that I can just you know, go out and um, put events on, obviously not so much at the moment, um, <laughs> virtual events. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I can um, buy, I'm buying, you know, um, chatting to suppliers, um, deciding like the direction for the business. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic to be able to, to, to be the driver of that myself, um, which is great. Mm, that is great yeah I mean I was just like reading up on your website and things I was just kind of like how many fingers in pies like what are you <laughs> you're doing so much and I, yeah I felt exhausted just reading it and it's it's pretty inspiring I mean like being a female in the industry as well it's yeah it's you get sometimes it's really obvious and people coming in and being like where's the manager or where's 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 Sam <laughs> uh to to it being like yeah like you say uh them kind of being like yeah you're not gonna go any further just sit down and you're like no so uh as a female <laughs> it is uh it's pretty great to oh, see good. that you've uh progressed and you're doing so many things it's good that we can talk about this and you know at the end of the day I think it's being able to share these stories in a space where we're not judging people. We're kind of saying like, you know, but I mean, sort of to your earlier question, like why I'm so active in the scene is because like, I want the scene. I like, I want, I want to make it a good, happy, like 
place for everybody you know I want it to um I love love beer even though sometimes I've been told you know what you like beer oh, like yeah. questioning mm-hmm. it, which someone did someone said to me at the at behind my own counter they, 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 they did say like do you even like beer I've had that, and I was yeah. like this is my business <laughs> I think I do I've <laughs> had I, that just, exact I think comment. I just went to them like don't ask silly questions is what I replied mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so funny. and had a bit of a laugh about it but you know this is one of the this is one of the reasons why I'm so active because I want to make it a good scene for everybody Mm. you know like and I want it to be welcoming and inclusive and equal and opportunities and like everyone you know you know at the end of the day it's the conversation over beer that can be so enlightening and Mm -hmm. even if you've got differences of, of opinions you know it can bring you bring you to some sort of common ground We haven't done one of those in a while. We haven't. Okay, so Phoebe, to start off with, before we mm. kind of talk about the beer itself. Yes. Who are Don Zoko? Don Zoko Brewing are a brewery in Hartlepool, which Bradley is in the northeast of England, just for your Very consideration. Very true. Cool, cool. Um, and they... I say they. It's mainly Reese. Um, he started brewing in 2014. He was a home brewer uh, mm-hmm. in his parents' garden. Okay. And then he uh, started. He actually got a degree, a relative degree. Okay. He studied chemistry in the UK and also in Germany, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And he kind of wanted to create this um, part Bavarian, part UK style beer, and he studied like really hard to get that. Right. And yeah, and then he he's kind of got. He kind of brews, like, the actual brewing bit of it. So, like, the mash and stuff, he does, like, off-site. So, he'll, you know, if there's equipment available that can help him out, he uses that. And then it gets shipped to, like, a, a Donzoco HQ where it um, lagers and where it ferments. Okay. okay. So, it's, like, two different places. So, it's not it's not all on one site, basically. No. I gotta say, you, you definitely hit a question I had where I, for the longest time, felt like Donzoco wasn't... British, mm. not in a not in a bad way or any kind of way. No, I, I just the, the sort of brewery that you look at their logo and you look at the style, yeah, and it doesn't inherently scream UK British or yeah. UK. You might think you you know. Well, it's understandable. Like I mean, he is very much inspired by like the German beers, mm. and um, I mean, he's called Don Zoko, and Don Zoko means lowest depth or rock bottom, which apparently was like applicable to his start in the brewing industry. Which is- kind of sad but we'll be we'll be talking in the next bit about the whole how the whole um relationship between Don Zoko and Jules started uh, she gets a little bit more into that as to why that begun <laughs> so we're just going to be kind of chatting about i guess the beer itself yes and anything else about the brewery um that's kind of it i mean there's not a lot online but they have like been growing ridiculously like their names kind of everywhere yeah and well this kind of probably helps yeah Yeah. um so do you remember exactly when when we bought the pack back in july yes do you remember what we got with it or is Um, that putting you on the spot uh i will try and remember i think i can because we got like a half a dozen things it felt it it was a lot it was like we got a nugget of like oh yeah of course we did okay so um sam uh well no there was a a general like live and Jules was hosting it with Reese of Don Zoko. Which we also get into in a bit. Yeah. And um we a vessel put a pack on, so we got the actual indie graft beer available to independent bottle shops. Yeah. Uh the nugget that we got was the original graft brew. Right. So it, it, there is another like version of this beer, but that one's just like the Don Zoko graft. I see. Uh we got Garden Beer. Mm-hmm. Which is another one. And we got Big foam. Big foam. Yeah. Big foam. Big foam. Was there? I think that was. We it. get that sour that we have. Oh, we in got the, the glass. We got. Well, I got the glass. You've got. We got a nice another uh, glass. Oh, I got another one. Yeah, we got a nice Donzoka glass. No, we yeah. didn't get the sour. I chose that one because it was a bit different. The, it yeah. Because I think like ma- majority of any beer I've had from them so far, I think, has just been a lager. Yeah. I th- well, that's kind I of what he does. I feel like this was what kind of kicked off my lager drinking over the summer. Yeah, at probably. At a time where I wanted to move away from heavy 
IPAs and DIPAs and triple IPAs. Yeah, it was also really hot at that time as well. It was lager weather. This definitely came out at like the right time. So should we actually take a sip and... Yeah. I mean, we've had this quite a few times now, haven't we? Mm. This might be my third or fourth time. You've had it way more than me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's very crisp. Mm. It's um. It's interesting because it's kind of got like a a fruity pineapple flavour to it. Yeah. I think actually it's grapefruit on reflection. I'm trying to uh, remember what was said because it was quite a, well. It was quite a while ago now. If you think about it. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, no, I, I mean, all of them were pretty stellar, weren't they? Stellar lagers. Not like stellar <laughs> lager. Bad choice of words That there. is a bad choice of words. They were very good <laughs> lagers. Very good. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I need to change that. That needs to come out of my lexicon. Yeah. The Heineken lagers. Shut <laughs> kind up. of what you just said there. Yeah, I basically did. <laughs> Definitely didn't mean to say that. Um, but yeah, no, it, you know, you wouldn't... But I get the whole, it's... It comes in at, what, five point... It's like, I get the whole Bavarian. It's a 4.7. 4.7. Sesh- I so, feel very sessionable. It's a Belgian-inspired pale. So I'm sorry, mm. it isn't even a lager. It's a pale. And <laughs> <laughs> it's got Nelson Sol- Solvine, uh, and it's dry hopped. So mm. just cut all the lager bit out of that whole section. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really enjoy these lagers. Um, they're crisp. They've got a bite. Yeah. And it's just really good. I mean, yeah, they're, they're very sessionable. You can... Mm-hmm. I feel get a good pack of them and that was that was it that was the second time I bought them so I had them on in July and then I think a week later I met up with a friend and yeah. I was just like oh I'm gonna buy buy the four pack because I could buy you know I had to buy them all together and I thought well I'm just gonna only drink one and then I sort of <laughs> just very quickly drank them all well they're sessionable they're not evening. strong are they they're like I well mean... you say that but they do like they definitely creep up on you well yeah if you have like 10 <laughs> well, no I had four and like they're, they're big. I mean, they're a full pint. Mm. The cans are full pint. That is a fair point. They are big. They're the big cans. So when you have four of, no, four, not of the same one, but four of Don Zoko's beers in a row, I think it crept up on me. Like I was sort of, because it was sitting down outside, having a few drinks and then went to go and walk home. And then I was like, oh yeah, this has hit me <laughs> more than I was expecting. But they, yeah. they didn't feel as alcoholic. No, and they don't. Maybe, they're very clean. Maybe a bit... Uh, incorrect to be having in a in a cold october uh, whilst we uh, record this bit but uh i still still enjoyed it and it takes you back to those hot summer days during which lockdown. Were like a week ago <laughs> i say during lockdown whilst we were in lockdown which continues we're still and here. now we keep drinking it yep. <laughs> um the difference between uh this indie graft and graft it says on the can is that it's a more of a it's not vinous. How do you say it? Um, more dank, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, a version of Graft, um, mm. which is available exclusively through independent retailers. And I think with that, we could probably go back into our chat with Jules mm. about how the project came about, how she felt it went, um, and a little bit of what she hopes for in the future. I guess that kind of brings us into supporting independent businesses. Um, so the reason we know of your existence is because of your work with Don Zoko, with your IndieGraft project. So would you like to kind of talk about how you uh, started that, how the conversation started and that journey? Yeah, there's, again, kind of lots of different threads to the story. Um, so... I think when lockdown sort of initially happened a couple of weeks when sort of the kind of the government said that um, shops within breweries or off licenses and obviously beer shops could trade and reopen. Um, So we sort of had decided to do that because we're in the food hall, we, um, and they were closed. So we weren't, and partly because we didn't really want, people to be moving around we decided just to do home deliveries and Mm. mail order um just to keep everyone and ourselves as safe as bloody possible Mm. Uh, so we were just like reduced hours so it's kind of the other part of the week uh where we would would have normally been open i guess um and partly just to keep you know your mind um off some of the 
awful things going on. Um, and as well, like I was trying to sort of think about, you know, from our customer's point of view, like keeping in touch with them, maybe like, you know, keeping them going, mm. checking in with their mental health, you know, like trying to get through it together. So I was on a few virtual tastings. So we did our own, um, we sort of renamed ourselves um, Hope Hideout, like a pub, like mm. it was our pub, pub virtual pub name, mm. like Hope Hideout. And um, we sort of did a monthly like quiz and we had guests on. So I had um, like St. Mars the Desert, who was sort of local in Sheffield. We had good friends that was Turning Point on. Um, I think I had Stacey from Rock Leopard um, do a quizzy quiz. And then I was on other people. So Turning Point were doing quite regular, brewing some really great uh, IPAs and some really great great sours as well yeah as everything between but the ipas and the sours are great so they're good friends of ours i've known them um for a while now especially aaron so they were hosting their own virtual tastings and i think on one of them there was don zoko and rachel from women on tap festival so if mm. you've not yet i don't know if you managed to attend any um and i think on that virtual conversation and obviously there were customers there and uh, sort of us and all the breweries uh, we were having like an honest conversation which I think is one of the real good things in this lockdown I think we're all having more honest open conversations yeah. with, with each other and sort of sharing some of the difficulties and challenges and feelings and everything else and uh, Reese said that he hadn't been able to access any grant funding mm -hmm. because he's sort of based in an enterprise park I mean I think it's been very mixed in the brewery sector anyway mm -hmm. but because he's in an enterprise park and doesn't have like a bricks and mortar um, but you know for business rates and things like that he hadn't been able to access anything and that was a similar story to me being in the food hall at that time you know we weren't able to to access any um government funding and i just kind of so that kind of sowed a little seed in that you know if if there's someone i want to help this single owner operator you know is quite new to be fair doing a lot of things uh, on his own um you know hasn't been able to access any funding mm. and i was that made me a bit sad mm -hmm. and um you know i like to help people and then there's this sort of online network group, which um, which um, like Sam and Katie and uh, possibly around 40 more beer shops are sort of on this network site. Mm. And um, with a, like a few different people have said this, and I'm sure a lot of us have sort of thought it, but we're sort of all a bit inspired by Record Store Day, mm. how like that's kind of been this great event that sort of uh, driven footfall and excitement mm. like into the you know independent record shop sector and like coming from that background myself like having worked in independent record shops um you know you can get the sort of um similarities and analogies you know like you get re regular customers are coming into your place and you're like oh i know what you like yeah. beer wise yeah have you tried this have mm. you tried that which is like exactly what i used to do when i used to work in the record shop because you really get to know people like genuinely and you know friendships do develop and everything as well and you know obviously just beer shop uh, friendships mm. uh and so like there was that kind of little seed going on about you know how it'd be quite nice to sort of celebrate the sector because you know we don't really have a body we haven't we're, we're not like the society of independent brewers mm. uh we don't have like a guild like mm. so there's not really we're all individual owner operators kind of trying to champion ourselves yeah. um individually but like together, you know, which is what I found through Sheffield Beer Week, you have a much stronger, um, powerful voice, you know, when you come together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of one of the real values, isn't it, of of that, if you can kind of, you know, um, find that common ground. Um, because essentially, you know, we are, we are all friendly competition, let's be honest. But, you know, you're kind of getting over that to sort of say, actually, we could do this amazing thing together. Mm -hmm which, you know, we can't do on our own. So it was sort of all these little seeds coming together. And then I kind of just suggested it. And then it just happened really quickly. And everyone was like, yes, totally up for that. That'd be great. And um, then I started talking to Reese about all well, about the beer idea. 
and the label and the design. So it was all kind of, and I was then passing messages back and forward with this network group and with Reese and, um, you know, got Reese a lot of new customers. And uh, I think for our sector, like, you know, a few people managed to get some local press, local radio, you know, I, I managed to get some information on the British Guild of Beer Writers website. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still sort of feeding out and getting, you know, more um, stories because we're still selling the beer. It's not just, I kind of want to be clear, it's not just for one day, mm-hmm. you know, like record store day, like records are for life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not just one day of the year. So like beer shops are for life, you know, it's not just like one day of the year. Um, so we're still a lot of us are still selling indie graft. So it's glad glad that you found some to buy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we had a live tasting on Instagram. Obviously, you two attended. Yeah, we were there. Um, in this virtual world, there's always some challenges with that. That was the first time that we'd done Instagram as a tasting for me. So it was like completely new. And also, like, we decided to throw some spanners in the work and make it even more difficult by uh, inviting other beer Mm. shops into the chat to do a question, Mm. uh, which I think worked in the end. We got a few. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it it did uh, it did provide some some uh, some extra you know work and and challenges in the background for you as a as a shop how how successful do you feel the project was and why and 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 would you want to do it again now you've done it the once uh i mean everyone on the on the network the sort of beer shop network were really positive they said the sales were good i like my sales were good obviously my sales were a combination of like home deliveries mail order and people coming people who feel comfortable you know coming out shopping and are able to um so I definitely saw a, you know, an um, an interest uh, for it. People coming for have you got indie graft, which is great. You know, it's that sort of um, conversation starter. You know that people are actually reading your Instagram post. Yeah. That's always yeah. a big tick, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so they're engaged already. That's really nice, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, I did like, you know, upsell it a little bit in the shop as well. Like, oh, have you seen this? I've mm. done this, you know, and they're like, oh, have you? I'll have one. So, you know, like it's been a combination. Uh, I think it definitely felt like a massive relief and a, a good relief because, as I mentioned, when we started this call, it's been this period's been so uncertain and stressful. Um, and, oh, God, like, I think we've all had ups and downs and um cried in the shower to ourselves for an hour uh well maybe not an hour but um you'd go too wrinkly wouldn't you uh but you know I think we've all we've all had some lows haven't we let's Mm. be honest Mm. and it just kind of felt like a big relief you know I could finally kind of we could all kind of celebrate a little bit even though we all know deep down this it's going to be tough Mm. For everybody in the base, independent beer sector and in the, when the beer sector in general, it's going to be tough. But it, it kind of came at the right time, which we hadn't really planned. It's just how it sort of came about because when the pubs sort of reopened, not that everyone flocked back because they didn't on the 4th of July, like mm. I found and, and a lot of other beer shops that sort of sales had sort of drifted off at, at that point a little mm-hmm. bit I think partly because understandably you know people getting haircuts or new clothes or yeah. they sort of were able to you know um, rediscover um, some of their life that had been you know stopped and um, so when we did the tasting on the 18th a few weeks after it was like a nice little boost just at the right time mm-hmm. to sort of remind people you know we're still here we're still independent business owners you know, we're still adding a lot of vibrancy to your high street. You know, we're still providing jobs and money to the local economy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it was kind of it was it was good timing from that point of view um, to sort of remind people that, you know, we still existed. And um, I think, yeah, generally everyone seems to want to do it again. So I don't know whether it'll be the same time, mm. um, but it definitely feels like there could be another, you know, beer shop day release and maybe do you know more more with it and more around it you know hopefully like if if there is a vaccine and and we can um sort of move forward then you know maybe there could be more space for events yeah um i suppose now that we're all a bit more on it for virtual events you know 
maybe we could we could sort of weave that in uh, if there obviously isn't a vaccine. So I think there's definitely a lot of uh, pos positivity um, from it. I mean, the other thing was it it's it was like an exclusive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because beer is now more accessible online than it ever has been, and as a result. Um, and we've spoken about this at length of you know all the all the beer shops so far. You know this idea that yeah, now customers yeah. can go direct to the brewers, which is the customers see this as a great thing. But now it's you know skipping over the beer shops that kind of have helped grow the community mm. and help kind of you know cultivate what beers they you know try to give to their local communities. Yeah, it's like a consumer's paradise. You know. I mean, supermarkets, uh, some supermarkets have got a better range. Um, you can buy direct from lots of independent breweries. You know, you've got increase in beer shops. Mm. Um, you know, there's lots of places to buy, like, really good, tasty beer, isn't there? Yeah. So, yeah, it's challenging, but it's kind of always been like that. Like, I've been doing a little bit of research and chatting to um, – um, fairly well-known beer historian called Ron Patterson mm. um, who's a good friend of mine and like we've sort of beer shops have been around for possibly about 190 years and and obviously alongside pubs alongside uh, breweries alongside other licensed um, traders mm. so there's always this kind of underlying tension I guess in the ecosystem and I think there always has been and there always will be for me, it's kind of, I think there is space for us all and it's kind of how do we all work together because I think there's definitely benefits across all levels of, uh, you know, of those channels for essentially consumers to buy more craft beer, to buy more independent beer, because certainly the majority of beer sold in this country and drunk is macro, mm -hmm. um, is macro beer. Mm. So, you know, there's definitely room for all of us like to grow and to do more and to do good things. And I think sometimes infighting can happen a little bit and we need to sort of pull together a bit more and like see the greater goal and kind of rise above and sort of, and I'm, I'm hoping there's maybe a bit more of momentum towards that. And I think that's a very good point to leave this series on. Um, mm. Beer shops have been around for... Ever. Forever. hundred Over 100 years, as we've just heard. Um, but we also want to end this series on what we consider to be a positive, or hopefully a positive outlook, because I think there is a lot of nervousness um, for independence right yes. now not just beer shops just independent shops in general yeah so i think based on the chats we've had if anyone if there's one takeaway we wanted to go with what are sort of our five top recommendations or kind of takeaways from this series that people can support, do yeah. even if you don't have the money because we totally understand like it's craft beer is expensive yeah or can be very expensive us. We, uh... <laughs> um we got it you know we 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 buy almost all the beer we drink on this podcast um, and we still, you know, we drink outside of that as well. So we totally understand that it's, you know, not... It's an expensive hobby. It's an expensive hobby. But what can people do to help support shops even at a basic level? So, Phoebe, what are our sort of five points? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, try and find a uh, an independent bottle shop um you know i i've i was just at my parents place and i managed to find one yeah. uh, just accidentally so it's worth searching around um you know rather than uh going to supermarket see if there's anyone because supermarkets are going to be open regardless because they sell food yeah or just you know it's easy to whack, whack out the you know spoons app or whatever and and look for those you know it, it takes yeah. takes but a moment to to sort of do a little bit more research i mean as much as everyone hates it um or beer shops kind of hate it um Untapped is still really good for still in has your venues, area. Yeah. If you want to look for what's people where people are drinking and what they're drinking, so you don't feel like an absolute muppet when you walk in. Yep. And you're like, what are people? What are people drinking? You can walk in straight away and go, I want that. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you want to get fake respect, yeah, 
You know, because you always that thing. Well, when you walk in and you order the right thing, and everyone behind the bar is like, "Yeah, they ordered the right thing." You can like, you know, do <laughs> you know, pretend you know what you're doing before you even go in. But that's kind it's of our, relevant. our first thing, and that that goes beyond beer shops. Yeah. Any independence is like if you yeah. can, and there's a thing that's similar price, maybe cheaper, maybe even a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. If you can afford it that month or that yeah. week you know try and shop independent yeah and they might even be doing online so if you are um self-isolating or you know you're under like a crazy lockdown up north Mm. um they might be doing online so you might even be able to support them and not even go there um yeah what's number two number two if you do shop independent share it on social media so, you know... Yep, this was a very good takeaway yeah. from Indie Beer, actually, yeah. that they mentioned. And Vessel, Vessel said it. So this can be as simple as... Take a picture of it, of the beer, yeah, and post it on your social and but tag the tap or the, the shop. Tag the tag the shop and tag, tag the, the brewery. brewery. The tag the brewery that like the, the has made the beer, yeah. but tag the shop because then the brewery is made aware of where you bought your beer. Yeah, and where's, we're supporting them. So yes. that hopefully, if enough people do that, they can go, well, this beer shop, you know, continues to sell our beer and, hope, you know, hopefully we'll give support to that beer shop. Mm. It's a very easy one to do. You know, you literally could just do it with the one beer you buy from a beer yep. shop each week and it lets that brewery know. And if you haven't bought a beer... um. Like and say you're having a different beer, but in their glassware, mm. you can tag the glassware, so that's them. You can tag the beer. You can tag, every, yeah, exactly. tag, tag. What's number three? Number three is all to do with FOMO. So, so a big one for you. Yeah, for me it is. And um, this this goes into our our chat with coffee and beer yeah. about hype beers. Yeah. So can you wait for the hype? Can you wait? Probably. Yes, we can all wait. Um, I, I think now it's almost more likely you can wait because before it was always you turn up on a Friday and what's the new hype beer that everyone's chatting about at the tap room the or beer place, shop yeah. this weekend. Well, now you're not doing that. It's only online mm-hmm. or amongst your friends. So yeah. if it's your local friends, you could you could potentially all wait. Part mm-hmm. of, I think, the issue with beer shops is that it gets announced and there's that whole drink fresh, drink immediately. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think some of what we've learned in the last year is that sometimes breweries release beers a little bit too soon. Yeah. Uh, for example, Putty. Yeah. Um, really, it's a good beer, but I think in the first couple of weeks, it came out way too early. It was mm-hmm. way too crisp. And I saw people having it like two weeks before we even got to try yeah. it. So I thought it wasn't ready because I then tried it two weeks later and went, that's better. Yep. But I'm thinking, God, four weeks ago, what the hell must have that have been like? So mm-hmm. actually, sometimes breweries are in a rush to release these hype beers yeah you've also got to consider that they're taking kind of advantage of the lockdown they they're putting hype beers out there that they probably wouldn't even thought of doing before this so th- consider whether it is really that interesting to you whether like it's a crazy i don't know cheeseburger flavor beer oh, that does oh, sound Lord. good or like you no. know if it's if it's like hops that you that they've got in that you know they've just had the harvest in like mm. obviously that's for me, that's a priority. I think, I think it's fair to say as well, we have been guilty Definitely. this year about that. Like, I think it's fair to say, like, if you look back at our catalogue over the last few months, Ooh, like, yeah. there was a few weeks where I jokingly said to Phoebe, like, we are literally becoming the interview breweries and the Northern Monk podcast. Yeah. Like, that's all we seem to be doing. Beer to eternity is a shout out for you. And I think that that is, is as a result to being on that hype train where every week there's like some weird crazy beer that we're brewing this this week and it's yeah. not just northern monk doing that it's you know mm. almost every brewery is trying it and they're doing it because they want people to talk about their beers and that's totally fine but what's getting left out of the loop is beer shops yeah and all it takes is one message to your local mm-hmm. or wherever you get it from just going hey are you getting this in yeah like you and know, they're, and they're more you... than happy to like respond mm. they'd rather you contact them first yeah because they'll go oh god everyone's chatting about it online we need to get it in they get it two weeks later and everyone's go oh i had that two weeks ago yeah it's like did you you could you have waited yeah and could you have then picked that up with a beer another hype beer from another brewery but now you've got to order them both but that's just kind of a suggestion yeah. what's so, number four um hang on a sec yeah um number four uh see what bottle shops are holding events 
if they're actually holding, you know, these last be... two, by the way, are a little bit more like those first three, I think, are the easiest things yes. to do. These last two are just kind of if you can go that extra mile, it can make a difference. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've attended, uh, well, Vessel, our local, has put on a bunch of events. Mm. Um, but we've also, I've watched ones on Instagram. Um, Craft Beer Channel have done their stuff. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be local to you. It can be online and you can just join and it lets um, tap shops, tap shops, bottle shops know that you are still interested and they will put on more events with interesting people like yeah. meet the brewers, um, different beer writers. Like it could be something that you're really interested in. Yeah. So go like search around, go on their website, go on their blogs. They might have some really interesting contacts that you can... That's part of the experience Join. they want to kind of offer to you. And so mm. it's important. That's something that like bottle shops can do that like your just your generic pub is not going to do that. No. If they are putting on events, try and support them as much as you can because they're not going to put these events on if people don't turn up to them. Mm. And sometimes it can just be as simple as an event with a meet the, uh, a brewer that you can find out some really cool information for a bit. You might have even bought that week anyway. Mm. And a, a, maybe even a better deal. What's number five? Number five is a little bit more out there, but um, if you have uh, your own business or you know of other independent businesses that could like help out the tap range, if they could pair up together. So, for example, Vessel have currently got a um, company called Nook, which are a houseplant company. Um, they are housing their plants, and you can go and buy them from Vessel. Therefore, there's new customers coming in, mm -hmm. and... People are also learning about Nook. So it's all on the social media. People wouldn't have even heard of us, probably, who eat their usual customers. Yeah, but this is more for shop, like people that run businesses. Yeah. Not customers. This is not about customers <clears throat> here. This is about if you're running a business at this time, there's a few instances in Plymouth right now of uh, businesses kind of teaming up together to be able to try and weather this storm. Mm. And, you know, you're better united than you are yeah. individually. And so, for example, another example outside of beer, though still kind of related to beer, is um, a pizza place called Need, who for the last kind of year or two have been supplying all of the beer shops um, in, our area. in our area with pizza. Free delivery. Now you don't have to leave your, you know, your pub or your beer shop and get food. You can have your drink and your pizza. And they've teamed up with um, a local pub called the Lord High Admiral yep. to do pizzas in their garden. And like you said, with Vessel now supplying plants. So it doesn't always have to be food and drink related. It can no. just be stupid plant related. Yeah. But it's a it's potentially an idea it to totally look at. It totally is, yeah. And that's, it's, you know, if you have your own or whether you can reach out to another independent business that you really love and just plant the seed in their mind. That oh, God. That's so good. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. Oh, that was so good. Oh, oh I'm so proud I of myself. I think I need to leave it on there. That but anyway. That was so good. I've also thought of another one. Sorry. Okay. Um, Contact your local MP like I did. Yes. <laughs> you, know. you can contact your MP and uh, stress your concern over your uh, local shop and... Just stress how much of an importance it is in your local economy. People don't know there's an issue unless they hear about it. Yeah. Thank you very much for everyone who took the time out to chat to us. That's Vessel, Optimism, Coffee and Beer, Indie Beer and Hop Hideout. We really appreciate the time you took. Um, and we hope that anyone listening to this um, gives them a new perspective on beer shops right now. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit more than just another beer that came out that potentially this one meant something to, you know, a wide group of people. And whilst we've only spoken to five people, um, the list of beer shops that did take part... It was over 40. Exactly. So, and the list is still online, so if you want to check out... Unfortunately, some have... Their circumstances have changed now. Yeah. Um, that's just the but world this, right now. This but beer is still available to still buy. It's still available. Um, and you can only get it at beer shops. Those shops. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week uh, with another interview. It's a really exciting one, though. But one we've been trying to get for a while. We're going to yeah. take a step away from beer shops and do, I guess, one more brewery interview. 
Next week, we are going to be speaking to Pipeline, which yes. is exciting. Very which is exciting. Southwest um, Brewery. Yeah, but they're just everywhere now. Um, also in Falmouth, but surprisingly not Verdant. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but we're looking forward to having a chat with... Uh, we're looking forward to putting out the episode where we chat with Pipeline. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can follow us, follow Phoebe on Untapped. Yeah, not you. And you can email us at hellohighhops at gmail.com for any recommendations. You can or find, just general stuff. Yeah, you can find our podcast where all good podcasts lie. We've had some lovely comments recently, so thank you all to have been like... We very much appreciate yeah, it, especially with all great. the work that's gone into these episodes. It's good to have people messaging to say they, they've enjoyed it. Mm. It makes it definitely makes the hours spent going through all the footage <laughs> worthwhile. Good so footage. thank you. Um, as always, stay safe. And we will see you, or you will hear us next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.